Hello, folks. Welcome to Courtside Wellness. I'm your host, Brandon St. Croix, former athlete and current social worker. On today's episode, we are joined by Dr. Mark Basile, Associate Professor at Millersville University of Pennsylvania, therapist and mental health provider for current and retired USA Olympic athletes. On today's episode, we will talk about his experience as a sports social worker, the changes he's seen in social work and the sport community, as well as the program of dual Masters of Social Work and Sport Management at Millersville University of Pennsylvania. Thank you, and enjoy. And we're back with Dr. Mark Vasily, Associate Professor at Millersville University of Pennsylvania School of Social Work. Thanks, Mark, for joining us today. My pleasure, Brandon. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So, Mark, like I said, your experience of sports and social work has ranged, you know, in many different facets from you know, a coach, player, referee in hockey to, like I said, you know, climbing various ranks in social work to also, you know, creating the dual degree program at Millersville University of Social Work and Sport Management. So give us a bit of intro about yourself and, and who you are. Well, let's see. I started out... Um in social work about over 30 years ago. I was originally, uh, I was a sales representative in pharmaceuticals, believe it or not, when I got out of college. Um, but as soon as I got out of college, I had played club hockey in university. So I wanted to stay in the sport and I ended up coaching uh, my first year out. And uh, I, that took off for me. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm working full time and coaching in the evenings and I really, really enjoyed it. And I did that for a long time and was able to do a lot of work with USA Hockey and the coaching development program and the player development development program, uh, you know, running coaching clinics, uh, talking to coaches about the game and, and the mental side of the game. And this is going back 30, 35 years. And um, I just decided one time that, you know, I, I really want to do something that I enjoy, that I love, that I can devote my life to. And I ended up getting my uh, master's in social work about 30 years ago. So I went back to school, got that, um, and had been an active social worker for about Oh, 15, 20 years, and then I decided to get my doctorate because I love teaching so much. I was an adjunct professor at the same time. I was I was a social worker, uh, and I was coaching at the same time. So I was doing a lot of different things, staying involved in sports, coaching my son's teams and their various athletic endeavors. Um, and then, you know, about six, seven years ago, I had seen um, – a listserv for the Alliance of Social Workers in Sports, and I thought this is a great idea, and I became involved with them, and one thing led to another. The next thing you know, we started to create the dual degree at Millersville, where um, we combined the social work MSW with a Master's of Education in Sport Management, and the idea behind that was to, um, we saw there was a burgeoning area in social work for for uh, people who wanted to work with athletes or work with athletic programs uh, and we combined the two degrees and now if you come to Millersville and you want to uh, become involved in a dual degree you come out in three years with uh, a dual degree in like I said social work and uh, sport management so it ideally positions uh, candidates in the field to work in or with athletic programs but all at the same time practicing social work. So one of our goals is to educate programs, teams, entities on the importance of having social workers uh, in their in their agencies or in their teams, on their teams, uh, or in their programs. And in terms of your own experience in terms of coaching, you know, you talked about how you often talk about the mental side of the game, uh-huh. you know, like going back 30, 35 years ago. 
was there much conversation back then, or how was the conversation in Detroit back then? It was, it, there was some, there was some, you know, this was the beginning of sports psychology and, you know, using visualization, performance enhancement, things of that nature. But, uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, one of the things that I used to stress to coaches back in the 80s and 90s was that uh, kids look up to you. I'm a very big proponent of social learning theory that children observe influential adults in their lives and then conduct themselves accordingly. So I really stress to the coaches that, uh, modeling appropriate behavior, that 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 understanding their their athletes was extremely important, and would and would and would benefit their own practice as a coach, but also benefit most importantly um, the player itself. So there was a little talk about it. Like I said, most of it was sports psychology and performance enhancement, and I knew there were some areas that um, really needed to be addressed. Uh, in the way in which uh, children or young athletes behaved, how they thought of themselves, uh, how coaches appeared to them, so that, there, there was a little bit of it, but not not as what not what we see today. And you know, we still need a lot more in the field. But there, at back then, it was just getting started. And that's a good point. There's been a lot of changes, obviously, over you know that span of time. What would you say some of the biggest changes that you've noticed in the sport mental health field? Uh, well, I, I have to tell you the truth. The fact is that uh, they've started to recognize that it is an issue um, that, you know, you, you know, there was a there was a time when if an athlete had a mental health issue, it was seen as pathological. Um, you know, OK, he or she needs to take time off. Uh, and there wasn't any discussion around it. It was just they were gone. They had to work on things. Um, and that was it. What I'm seeing now is a recognition, not only a recognition, but the athletes themselves are saying this is important. So they're testifying to the importance of mental health, uh, to the importance of mental health for athletes. So I think one of the biggest changes is the recognition of it and uh, the fact that uh, people are willing to talk about it and, and talk about their own experiences with it, which is probably more important than anything else. And it's true, like I said, we're having more athletes from various sports. Like I said, Simone Balls, Michael Phelps, Kevin Love, Claire Hughes, all these athletes are speaking out and talking about their mental health and able to use their voice, which is yeah. a long time. You know, either systems or organizations silence that voice for a long time where, you know, it wasn't okay to talk about. That's why no. we're questions. No, no, it was not okay to talk about. And, uh, you know, what do you need to worry about the mental side of it? You're an athlete. It's physical here. Um and we know that's not true. We, we can't separate mind from body. And we know that the brain is the engine for the body. So we need to take care of that much like we would anything else um, that we that we that we use in sport. And again, you know, we still have a ways to go. What would you like to see be the next steps or changes happen for well, sport? Yeah, I would love to see. I would obviously I'd love to see social workers involved with every program. I know that that can be uh, kind of a dream, but, you know, there's nothing to keep um, uh, youth sports organizations from having a social worker come in and consult with their programs and talk to coaches and athletes and parents, uh, get them started in the right track. I'd love to see that at the early stages, you know, at the mites, the mini mites, um, and, and, and those various youth levels. I'd love to see uh, social workers go in, do a little psychoeducation around healthy uh, minds, healthy bodies, about healthy coaching, uh, and then um, just kind of expand it and expand programs like we have the dual degree program. I'd like to see the influence of, of organizations like uh, the Alliance of Social Workers and Sports become bigger. And I'd like to see more universities uh, 
work towards developing social workers, social workers with a, a concentration in sport. So we've still got some work to do, but I'm, I'm gratified. Just in the last five years, we've really expanded it, and we've expanded the awareness of mental health. Definitely. In terms of, you know, a few points there I want to talk about in terms of, you know, the premier role of even in a consultation where, you know, a team or organization may say, oh, hey, we can't have a social worker at our, you know, level full time based on, you know, the budget or level we are. But even bringing in social workers at, you know, a periodic at time, you know, when, you know, for coaches, for players, for parents. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the things I used to uh, conduct my coaching clinics, I would bring in a physician to talk about concussions. And this is back in the 80s and 90s. But we'd have a physician come in and talk about concussions. We'd have, um, I'd have an EMS person come in and talk about first aid, what to do. You know, a player gets a skate cut or whatever, what do you do, that kind of thing. What's keeping us from bringing in a social worker to say, all right, let's talk about the mental aspect of of, of youth athletics let's talk about the mental aspects of coaching let's talk about how to support your players uh off the playing field off the ice let's talk to the parents about uh being um responsible athletic parents uh and we could probably have an entire podcast on that but uh yeah it's something along along those lines you don't have to be a full-time attached social worker you can come in and consult and in and of itself that's a great idea and again, bring up the coaching aspect. I know, again, back in 2016 in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Alliance of Social and Sport, that's where we first met. Yep. And remember you did a presentation around the artistic endeavors of clinical social work and coaching. So bring the two together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I really totally believe that social work itself, the practice of it is an art. And, you know, it's kind of like when you talk to an artist, they either have it or they don't. And I thought of the social workers who are great at what they do. They have it. They understand it. And there's so many similarities between... Uh, coaching, you know, the work that we do to help clients um, uh, uh, identify their motivation, identify their sources of motivation. Isn't that what coaches do? Um, so we do the same thing. Uh, we teach. Uh, we counsel. Um, we allow them to link up to resources. Coaches do that as well, too. So the bridge is very, very um, strong, I believe, between the two uh, entities. Um, and, you know, some of the best coaches are the ones out there who are attuned to every aspect of what they do coach. They're attuned to the mental aspect. They're attuned to the physical aspect as well, too. It's the entire athlete. It's not just the body itself. So true. And when you think about some of the greatest coaches, you think about some great social work theory. They fall in line. You think about a strengths-based approach. You yep. think about, you know, how we work with an athlete in terms of, you know, fine-tuning their skills, but also looking at the strengths that they have to bring to the team. Yeah. And if I'm a good coach, I'm going to take those strengths and I'm going to show my client, my athlete, how to develop them. If I'm a good social worker, I'm going to pick out the strengths of my client and say, see, you had success here. You can do this. It's the same thing. Um, we, you know, we use practice skills. We use rep repetition, things of that nature. So the similarities, I think, are very, very, uh, very, very close. And what would you say inspires you to continue on in this field, in the sport and social work around well, it probably goes back to me, gosh, you know, I got exposed to athletics at a very early age. My brother was way older than me. And, you know, in, in the early 19, late 1950s and early 1960s, he was playing sports in high school. And I always tagged along with him. And then I became interested in it. And it's just, you know, it's one of those situations um, with athletes at the end of their career, whether it be at high school, college, professional, a number of them want to stay somehow involved in the sport. And this is an ideal way to stay involved in the sport. Uh, I didn't have the I didn't have the goods to play uh, advanced level hockey. 
but you know, I appreciated the game. I loved the game. I, I learned a tremendous amount about the game. Same thing with football or baseball or basketball. But I liked the competition. I liked the aspect of athletics. I saw what it could do for people, and I wanted to stay involved. So this is one of the ways I can stay involved. This is the one of the ways that you know we can stay involved. Uh, if we love the games, we love the athletics, we love working with athletes. This is a great way to stay involved with that. And it's a great point because oftentimes that transition point can be difficult for an individual in terms of their identity loss. Okay, yeah. who, am I, who am I now if I'm not outside my sport or I'm not connected to my sport? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? But again, still being able to stay connected in other passions. Yeah, and that's one of the things a social worker can do. Is, you know, what I loved as a social worker is, is being able to give my clients options, right? So many of our clients feel like I, I have to do it this way. Uh, because they're working on old schemas. I like to say, well, as I see it, you've got many different options. So if an athlete comes to me and says, this is my last game, I'm done after this, I say, no, 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 no. You have to look at it this way. You can be a coach, you can be a referee, you can be an administrator, you can be a sports social worker. Um, so I think one of my jobs is to show them the options that they have available to them. And is there a moment that kind of stands out in your experience of sports social work that's monumental to yourself or that really you know, stands out? I would, you know, I would say it was just, you know, last summer with Naomi Osaka and, and, and Simone Biles just coming out and saying, I need, you know, mental health time and it's important. And I thought, wow, that's so brave. Um, and then I saw um, the transgendered swimmer at uh, University of Pennsylvania, Leah Thomas, and she has gone through a tremendous amount of criticism and, and, um, and vitriol. And I am just so grateful to those athletes for being so brave and for putting themselves out there and for really advancing uh, the concept of mental health and athletics. And it just, you know, it, that's what I'm really grateful for. They did a lot of work for people like me and I'm so, so grateful to them for doing that because it really put things at the forefront. And I'm, I'm starting to feel that because of that, um, people are looking at, athletes and mental health as something that needs to be addressed as opposed to something that was an anomaly. So for those three, three folks, I'm really, I'm really grateful. And I think that's probably one of the more monumental uh, aspects of this that I've seen in the last few years. And I think that goes also to, you know, how society is changing and how the systems and organization are changing. Again, recently you've been you know, named one of the mental health providers for the USA Olympic and Paralympic athletes, you know, retired and current athletes. So again, I think that's something that would not have been talked about 10 years ago. No, no, no. You would have, uh, you know, and this is not to, um, I'm not putting anybody down, but, you know, sports psychology, people say, oh, you get a sports psychologist. Well, we know what sports psychologists, they work on performance, and that's that's what they put themselves at. We do everything else. Um, and there's a lot more going on besides just the performance for that athlete. You know, we see the athlete as they come out onto the field or onto the rink or to the court. But what goes on once they're off the court, right? What goes on there? That's what we're concerned with is, you know, how do they get, get along with other teammates? Uh, what baggage are they bringing to the rink or to the building or to the, to the gym um, that they need to work on? Is there anything going on that's really affecting their enjoyment of the sport? That's what we do. And, um, you know, I think that's just great and honorable work to be able to do that. We had uh, social, uh, sports social worker Natalie Graves from Chicago, Illinois, on a little while ago, and she talked about the same thing around that personal environment and how we take, you know, look at the person not just in their sport, but again, all their aspects of what yeah. that athlete is and what that individual is. 
Yeah, the system aspect of it, that's that's probably where uh, one of the things that I, I was writing a paper recently and someone said, uh, uh, you know, what social work theory uh, works best with uh, mental health and athletics? And I said, well, you know, we're systems people. We look at the system aspect of things. Uh, systems influence other systems. And, you know, we see the athlete, like I said, on the field, but what other systems impact that athlete besides coaches and team? It's family, school work, um, emotional issues, prior emotional issues, they all impact. Um, so there's more to the athlete than what we see on the playing surface. And in terms of going back to the dual degree program that's offered at military university, what are some of the you know courses not and uh, offerings that people can expect? Sure. I mean, you can look at besides the social work courses, which would be macro practice, micro practice, groups, families, um, uh, policy courses, things of that nature. In the sport management side of it, you'd be looking at uh, sport budgeting, for instance. You'd be looking at uh, some human resource courses. You'd be looking at um, uh, we have a sport, mental health and social work course that, that I just designed. Um, that's an elective, but it still kind of blends everything together. So we also look at arena management, uh, things of that nature. You know, if a social worker wants to become involved in an organization and says, listen, I know how to uh, put together programs. I know how to, to budget things. That's going to make them more um, uh, desirable in the workforce. So courses like that on the sport end of it. And um, as I said when you're in the dual degree program, you could take advantage of the courses, not only in the sport management program, but in the social work program too. So we're getting a lot of crossover, which is nice. Students like to see and like to work with people from other professions because social work's collaborative and this is just a natural for us. So people are picking other people's brains. People are finding out about other um, theoretical backgrounds, things of that nature. So it's a nice blend. And interdisciplinary work to be able to say, okay, how can we see it all from other perspectives, like I said? Yeah. And, and what would you recommend for someone who's, you know, thinking about entering this field or what requirements would you think for someone entering, a, you know, the idea of sports social work? Yeah, I would think that the, you know, you have to um, understand um, the um, culture of athletic, athletics, rather. You have to understand that, um, coaches and program administrators have a great deal of power. So there is a power differential there. Uh, you have to understand the uh, desire for some people to compete. And uh, along with that, you have to understand that, you know, there are wins, there are losses. And a lot of times, just like in social work, a lot of times success uh, is measured in tiny, tiny steps. So, um, you know, a lot of the aspects of social work do play into the athletic social work realm. So I would just say, if you're not familiar with sports itself, but you think this is something you want to get into, immerse yourself in a culture somewhere, find out, join a youth program, become a volunteer coach, something along those lines. I guarantee you, if you do become a volunteer coach, you really enjoy it and you really start thinking about a career um, simply because as a social worker, you'll be doing the same things, but with an athletic orientation. And it's so true with the culture, because again, the culture of each sport is even so different. Again, you know, if you're trying to set a session for, for a swimmer at eight o'clock in the morning, that's probably not happening because they're up at five o'clock in the pool. Yeah. Compared yeah. to you know hockey or baseball or basketball, again, every sport has its own culture and yeah. how it operates. Yeah, and you know, as as a social work faculty member, you know, I, I constantly teach my students to be flexible, right? So you can't be rigid. 
especially in sports. You know, you, you have to be flexible. You have to be ready to go at a moment's notice. Uh, so if you have that kind of constitution or, or mentality, you'll fit right in. Um, you have to do things on the fly, a lot of contingencies, uh, things of that nature. One of the things I think we want to work at is um, is not I want to say, is promoting the role of sports social work, and that's going to involve uh, a lot of interdisciplinary collaboration. So you're going to have to go in and talk to coaches. You're going to have to go in and talk to athletic directors, administrators, and 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 tell them the benefits of having someone immersed in social work work for your program because they're not just going to accept you right off the bat. Because we do know that in the athletic culture, the team, the program, uh, in many ways is is sacred, right? So what you say in the locker room stays in the locker room. Social workers understand confidentiality, but, you know, it might be a bit, a little different, uh, in athletics. Um, so you have to work different dynamics. So I think the key is being flexible and the key is un- like anything else. It's understanding the culture. No, that was a great point there for sure. And what would you say for an athlete who's thinking about again towards the end of their career or that transition point about entering this sport social work realm? I'd say uh, do it. I'd say find yourself a master's program. We'd welcome them at Millersville in the dual degree. But, uh, you know, find yourself a program that uh, that fits your needs. Find yourself a program that you can be comfortable with. And uh, I would also say, you know, if you're becoming that and they don't have a dual degree program as we do, but if, you know, you go to your field instructor at, at the social work program and say, hey, I'd like to work with a minor league baseball team or I'd like to work with, uh, you know, this college over here or this high school, I want to be a consultant to the athletic program. I want that to be my field uh, experience. And you'll find that, you know, I'm sure field instructors would love to do something like that. That's innovative and that's creative. So I would advise uh, that person to start looking for programs. And if they're in college now, they may even have one at their own institution and just see what they offer there. It's great to see different institutions being more open to the idea of sport and social work. Because, again, I think if you went back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, educational institutions would be like, okay, we don't see the blend. But, again, I think that's starting to change. Was it a difficult process for yourself to kind of get that program launched at Millersville? No, actually, um, we had a great relationship with the wellness department. And uh, they're the, they, they house the sport management program. Uh, I had a great relationship. There's some wonderful people in there. Uh, they saw this and uh, they were really excited by the opportunities. Uh, I, I looked at programs around the country, like University of Michigan, of course, who has a very big stake in the social work uh, field. Um, I kind of looked at some of their uh, uh, offerings and I went back and I said, listen, you have a built-in base of athletic programs where people are intern. We have a built-in base, of course, of social workers. So um, it wasn't that hard. We had a lot of support um, from the administration. We had a lot of support from both programs. And uh, yeah, I think we've, we've had one graduate so far and we've got two or three other people in the program and I've got someone coming in this year. Um, who's interested, you know, interestingly enough, I've got someone coming in who, um, was a football player at a university, uh, concussions ended his career. And he said, you know, I love sports. I've been in athletics. I helped coach. I, my career ended when I didn't want it to end. Uh, but this is a way for me to keep my, my, uh, interest going in sports and being involved in sports. So for athletes like that, it's a great fit. Yeah. It was great, great kind of to, you know, continue their investment in sport in another aspect that they're still able to. Exactly. Exactly. And Mark, one thing we often do, like I said, on the Quartz of Wellness is a kind of a wrap up of rapid questions. So sure. it kind of goes through of, you know, a few different questions we ask people and kind of watch your first thoughts on it. So in your opinion, what makes a well athlete? 
um, being cool, calm, and collected, and and being in touch with the mind and the body, and continually doing uh, checks. You know, continually doing check-ins with the self, with yourself. How am I feeling today? Am I ready to go? Do I have everything I need to get, to to be productive today? So yeah, that's what I would suggest. That's yeah. I, I mean, that makes a well athlete in my mind. No, great point. Because again, oftentimes we check in with ourselves physically. Okay, how's you know how are my legs feeling today? How are my arms feeling today? How you know what, how's my health feeling? But very rarely do we check in about those mental health check-ins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What is one word of advice you wish you could give your younger self? Listen, <laughs> listen, um, slow it down. Listen, you don't have all the answers. Um, and just be circumspect. Know what's going on around you. That's if I could turn around to my 18 year old self that I would. <laughs> no great words of advice is oh, cause it's easier for us to kind of get that passion, get that drive and just kind of go head down and go hard at it. But again, you know, sometimes it's easy to lose the perspective around us as well. Yeah. Yeah. Other people might have some good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> And what currently brings you peace today? Uh, what currently brings me peace today? That's a great question. Um, it's interesting to note, I was teaching the other day and I made a joke to my students. I, they, they'd said something to me. They were they were getting on me about something. And I, have a, I believe I have a great relationship with my students. And I said, oh, geez, just a couple more years to retirement. And in unison, most of them said, no, you can't retire. Don't retire. We love you. We want you to keep teaching. That brought me peace because I enjoy teaching. I enjoy working with people. And that validated it for me. So, you know, teaching, uh, being able to see the light go on with a student or a client, um, that's what really does it for me. And that's always done it for me. And that's been, gosh, you know, I've been in the field over 30 years. And that's always, that's always endured for me. No, it's great for sure, especially to have that kind of, you know, recognition, but also to know, hey, I'm in the right thing. I'm doing what I meant to do. do. Yeah, precisely. Precisely. And Mark, I want to thank you for coming on at Courtside Wellness with us today. Also, happy Social Work Month this being uh, March. March. So I, said, I, want, I thank you for that as well. And also thank you for being, like I said, a mentor to myself for over the years since we uh, met in 2016. Yeah. Um, uh, we're still working on some articles together. We got some great ideas. And uh, I appreciate being on here. And I really appreciate you doing this because this is spreading the word. And uh, this is a great, great uh, device to uh, promote social work and sport, but also the field of social work as well, too. So thank you. And uh, I really appreciate being part of the program. Thank you. Folks, if you enjoyed today's episode and want to check out other episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple, Audible, and Podbean. You can also follow us on social media at Wellness Athletic Services on Facebook and Instagram. If you have any questions or ideas for the show, feel free to email us at wellnessathleticservices at gmail.com. Thank you and stay well. Mm-hmm.